2020 we've only got a couple hours left (laughs) probably negative hours by the time everybody's hearing this but I just wanted to say girl that's right the year has a gender it's female (laughs) the future is female and the past and present is also female so I'd like to say 2020 Everybody's out there ripping on you. Everybody's saying garbage, trash. I hate the year, year so bad, garbage, trash. I'm here to say, don't listen to the haters 2020. I'm defending the year. That's right. I loved 2020. (laughs) 2020 is so sexy. That's right. 2020, I was making sweet love all year long. 2020, kiss me. Make out with the calendar. (laughs) Paper cuts all over my lips. What's going on, nerds? That's right. It's me, it's Magan, famous rude boy, bad boy of podcasting. Here to call you a nerd to your damn face, not even your face, to your ears. From my mouth to your device, to your ears, to your brain. So, you know, here we are, 2020. I'm not even going to go into, like, big stuff, because there's plenty of that out there, you know? I am going to talk about, you know, I was watching Dairy Girls with my friend Jordan, a guest of the last episode. Um, We watch TV together sometimes. I said TV. That's right. I call it TV when I use this voice here. Is it British? Is it Australian? You don't fucking know, do you? Uh, I guess it's more Australian now. Oh, genuine apologies to all of my Australian listeners. Or <laughs> my Australian friends who listen to the show. Um, friends. 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 More Kiwi. Friends. Okay. I made a list earlier tonight of the things that I liked about the year. Um, obviously Big Bad Year, um, Big Dum Dums make it bad for everyone. Genuinely, a lot of people die because of shitty fucking idiots. I'm laughing because it's, it's too horrible to genuinely hold in my heart. And that's not what we're here to do, okay? We're here to talk about some nice stuff. Oh, yeah, I was in the middle of a story, and then guess what? I interrupted myself. <laughs> um, watch TV with my friend Jordan. 
uh, Dairy Girls. And I don't know enough about the Troubles in Ireland. Maybe I've said this on the podcast, I forget. You tell me. Tell me right now, at your phone. Um, basically, it's like... The, um... It's during the Troubles in Ireland. In Northern Ireland. And... That's kind of just the backdrop of the show. The foreground is these uh, high school girls and their friendships and their personal lives. And it's a, like a sitcom. And it's, it's an incredible show. I'd highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's just two seasons. It's so good. Um, I think it's really funny and it's also really poignant. Um, but it's there's this kind of montage at the end of season one or two. I think it's probably two. And it's uh, basically like, I don't know, yeah, I don't know enough details to recount what actually was happening, but there's political turmoil and violence for sure. And that was like super, like cut in between uh, this like big talent show where there's like this, they go up to defend their friend and there's this moment of solidarity and togetherness and friendship and like you know their personal lives are continuing and developing and they're having significant times all the while horrible big big world shit's going on and obviously that affects our personal lives (sighs) no shit but um I mean Pandemic isn't big pause, you know? And a friend of mine said the other day, yeah, this year didn't go according to plan. So in that way, it was like most other years. I thought that was profound when my friend said that. So when I when I looked back and I really did this tally, I um, I just I saw a lot of beautiful and significant moments of of growth and joy and shut up, dog. Hey, dog, shut up. Hey, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm being smart on my podcast. Anyways, I hope to God that came through. Otherwise, I sound like I'm hearing dog no reason. Um, I just wanted to count down like some of my favorite like stuff that I watched. Dairy Girls being one of them, or like content culture, or entertainment stuff. Um, and you know, maybe talk about my life a little bit. I never do that on this show, but I'll decide to open up a little bit on this one. <laughs> Okay, first thing of 2020, I lost 10 pounds. That's right, I actually lost 15 pounds, and then I gained 5 pounds back. Hello! Um, I thought that would feel better saying that. <laughs> I still have. <laughs> so much body shame and stuff. I, I am proud of myself. I feel like I've made that a goal so many years in a row. And this is maybe the first year in many years that I've actually lost weight. That's really cool. 
because um, I've like put on weight steadily for the last you know five years or so. Um, so that's actually that, that that is cool. I am happy with that. Um, I think my relationship to eating stuff still, what do you know, imperfect progress, not perfection, so they say. Um, so many nights where I lose control or you know just compulsive emotional eating. But that's all right. Taking more walks, got back. Taking more walks. <laughs> Taking more walks. Got back into running this year, a little bit. You know, didn't do, nothing. Nothing radical happened with diet and exercise this year. And that's what everybody says. And whenever I hear that, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Some of us are actually <laughs> struggling with eating and stuff. Did I have a whole bag of peanut M and M's two nights ago? Yes. <laughs> But, on the whole, making, making a little better choices, you know? Most of it's just like taking more walks, doing more running and stuff. And stopped buying two full bags of tortilla chips every week at the store. Boy, do I miss tortilla chips. That's not true. I mean, of course, I want to eat them all the time. It's my favorite food, tortilla chip salsa. Dude, chips and salsa, I truly could eat that forever. There's a couple, there's some foods I could really eat forever. Big overnight oats year for me. I've talked about it many times on the podcast. Oh, God, that sounds like shit down there. <laughs> um, thought I heard a noise in my apartment. I'm here alone. It was the dryer that I started. A machine I set in motion. Coming back to haunt me. Isn't that a metaphor? All right. Okay, what happened? I Yeah, I started an album this year. I, I started working on it probably in April. Uh, probably April, May. Um, had written most of the songs wrote a couple other songs for it. I think I wrote three songs for it this year. And, um, demoed it out, and I'm about halfway through the final production stage of it. And, uh, so that's probably my my favorite thing I've done this year. Um, what else I do this year? I got better at, uh, teaching, which is my day job. I teach music lessons to little kids. I feel like I've hit a groove with that. That's cool. Um, I didn't die. I did write that down. <laughs> or like, I don't know. I, I was thinking about resilience a lot today and just mankind. And obviously there's so much legitimate pain and loss that's happened. But I mean, if you're listening to this, you got to give it up to yourself. You fucking made it this far. You know? A lot of shit. A lot of shit on everyone's plate. Obviously, some more than others. And the same things affect us all differently. But, regardless of who you are, you fucking overcome a lot of shit to be right here right now with me hanging out. I think that's really awesome. Um, what else did I felt like sharing? Um, oh, man. Oh, we did the 100th episode of this po- fucking podcast. That was really cool. Uh, it's it's in the uh, it's in the feed. Probably just five episodes back, I think. 
Um, what a blast that was. That was so cool. Um, a lot of people showed up that I love, previous guests of the pod, uh, previous guests, that is, and just people, friends in my life, and we, we had a grand old time. It was a very heartwarming time. I'm actually looking at a screenshot of it that Jordan, speaking of Jordan, Jordan's second reference on the episode, um, she printed out a sticker printout of a screenshot of the Zoom. All the people are there. I'm, I can see my dad. I can see Jack. I can see other Jack. I can see all the Jacks. But yeah, that was really nice. Um, okay. I played a game called Hellblade this year. One of the most beautiful games that I've ever played in my entire life. I played it for the Nintendo Switch. I think the real gamers out there, I think it's on other systems. I think it's on Xbox and um, Steam and shit. I don't know. I got back into video games this year. Video games really got me through this year. I have a dark relationship with video games because I played infinite amounts of them in my youth. And I was also punished, admonished by my father for playing them too much. Did he kind of have a point? Yes. I was a fucking big World of Warcraft head. Loved it so much, played it every damn day. And the kind of popular myth that emerged between he and I was he took that game away from me and then I channeled all that energy into something productive. Music. Is that true? I think somewhat for sure. I think... I think definitely. Did I also fucking love World of Warcraft? And am I, like, now looking back at a little bit sad? <laughs> I mean, I played plenty of it, but... I mean, I've contemplated re-downloading that game in particular over the fucking quarantine. I haven't gotten to that point. I truly think that would be the end of my life. <laughs> and I do think if I get some sort of horrible affliction sickness, I will probably re-enter that realm. Um... But it is too seductive. Anyways, but it also instilled in me a shame of video games that I think while well-intentioned on my father's part, um, it kind of kept me away from video games for a really long time. And uh, I don't necessarily regret it. I don't feel like it's like I missed out. Because I was, and I was, by the way, doing all other sorts of dumb shit <laughs> on the internet. It's so, not like I stopped wasting time after that. <laughs> But I did, like, yeah, I did kind of make a point to stay away from video games. I really internalized that, and I was like, if I'm playing a video game, I'm being a piece of shit. And that's just not true. Um, and this year, video games have really been there for me. And I'm single fucking pandemic. <laughs> Damn, if I didn't have video games this year, Jesus Christ. I'd watch so much bad TV. Maybe some good TV, too, but... Um, things that I were like, animal, when Animal Crossing, you know, I got a Nintendo Switch, Animal Crossing, boom, truly, truly, so clutch, Pokemon emulator, dude, when the pandemic started, I got the Nintendo Switch, I went to Target at 7 in the morning, got the last one, there, and I got there at fucking like 7am, it was ridiculous, and they were like, last one, 
Anyways, Animal Crossing was such a refuge. I was so excited about my Animal Crossing life <laughs> because my real life was so sad as all of us, all of ours were. Um, Hellblade, an incredible, beautiful game of that fuses Norse and Celtic mythology um, that in the game immerses you in a depiction of psychosis. It's a heavy game. It's... I don't know if it counts as a horror game. It's certainly horrifying. The opening image is you canoeing down a river of uh, burned corpses that are strung up among the trees. It's a very chilling opening. When I first started playing the game, I thought, is this just horrifying for horrifying sake? Is this game just supposed to want to make you fucked up? The answer is no. It, the answer is they're really genuinely trying to depict psychosis and various mental illnesses, schizophrenia, voice hearing, um, and the way that they put you in that experience. And I just have had people in my life, friends of mine, that have had psychotic breaks and just where they're, like, they're really terrifying and shaking. And it just, it really gave me a perspective on them, on their experience that was like really beautiful. It, the, the game at, the, at, at its core is like an empathetic game. Um, and just the devices in it. It just was one of the most like profound, beautiful uh, experiences I've certainly had with a game and also had with just any piece of media. It was, uh, it was so fucking cool, dude. I, I, I just can't recommend Hellblade at all enough. Um, if you like fantasy, if you like RPGs. Um, also, it has like an automatic difficulty setting that kind of responds to how you play the game which I've never seen in a game before. And I think that just like conceptually is one of the coolest things ever. Just like, it just, it's not like easy, medium, hard, you know, or just like one difficulty. And if like you're bad at it, then fucking get wrecked. But it's just like, we're gonna kind of detect how good you're doing at the game and just keep it a fixed amount of challenging, which is like, oh, that's what I want in the game. I want it to be a little hard. And then I, and then when I, but I want it to be manageable. I don't want to get fucking dispirited and mad. That sucks. But and then when I do it, woo-wee. Also very satisfying motion when Senua, the main character, opens a wooden door. They like, really, uh, you see her like, you see all the effort that goes into her like, wielding this door and like, you get that rush of like, oh, I really did push that big door open, didn't I? <laughs> So interesting that this like health and fitness is a little bit better in my life in the same year that I also like play a lot more video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Also, hey guys, let's be real. Started smoking a lot of weed this year. Um, what's a lot of weed? I don't actually know. I still think my tolerance is relatively low, but I do use cannabis products 
probably more days than I didn't this year. I think that's that's a fair statement. Whether it's a little vape pen before sleepy time, a little CBD, get too high on an edible. <laughs> that happened once for sure. Um, something I, yeah, something that I also like leaned on, you know. And there's shame there, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> one thing I think is funny about my usage of weed is like, I feel like I've always been a pretty stonery type person anyways, and I smoked weed in high school and stuff, but it was never like a part of my, like a regular part of my existence. It was just sort of like, yeah, every once in a while at a party or something, which is like the classic thing people say when they do something regularly and they don't want to admit it to themselves. <laughs> but it was maybe like every, you know, like easily a couple months could go by and I'd be like, oh, I didn't smoke weed, you know? Um, I never like purchased weed. It was always just like around. Um, but I had friends that were regular users. People that bought drugs when it was illegal and have all these like cool stories and I the part that I think is funny is that I had to wait until it was the most fucking corporate postmates ass shit before I was like ooh I go on my little phone and I put in my credit card (laughs) (laughs) so that's a little self dunk that I enjoy um Yeah, and it's <laughs> like I, as a as a kid, I always like was, and I still fervently believe that you don't need um, drugs to be creative. Um, but <laughs> those parts of my personality, I guess, that are associated, like just being goofy or tee hee hee laugh or just like, hey man, <laughs> uh, I don't know, just being from Southern California or maybe just. Re- resonating with stoner culture pretty shocking when the sustain pedal gives out isn't it (laughs) really makes it like i'm gonna say something important (laughs) like yeah so and anyways don't do drugs anyways back to some long sustained chords we can just vibe over together anyways so i guess liberation from shame is a part of the year for me now that i'm realizing it from both using Video game and smoking the freaking Kershy Kersh Kersh. Smoking the Kershy Kersh Kersh, of course, is how I say weed every time I say it. <laughs> okay, what else? Um, listen to a lot of the Shins this year. Went through their whole discography. Something I enjoy doing. I've done with a few artists, <clears throat> and this was the first year I did it with an artist that I'm like only ancillary or peripherally familiar with. I've done it before with like Ben Folds and Wilco and stuff. Um, and filled in the gaps of people I was already obsessed with. But I was like, oh, I fuck with the shins that I know, but I only know like one or two records. Did the same thing with Andy Schauf. Schauf, Schauf, Schuf, Schauf, Schuf. No one knows. I know. Actually, I, I could know. I could Google it right now. I won't. He's, he's right. I'll save you some time, though. Most recent two records. Start there. That shit's awesome. It is cool, like, listening to all their shit, though, and, like, 
you can definitely see with Andy Schaff in particular, you can see the the craft. You can see his like arc of growth, which is really inspirational. Which is like, oh, this motherfucker figured it out. Inspires me to like key making shit, you know? Because um, his int- his early stuff is like it's not bad, but it's not as good as his new stuff. Whereas his new stuff, I, I truly think is like amazing. And his like earliest stuff is like you can see the roots of it and stuff, but it's just like oh, it's re- it's good, you know? He's working it out. And there's moments of brilliance and stuff, and then it, it really coalesces, and you know he's at the top of his game now. Has been for a few records, which is really, really cool, really, really exciting. Speaking of being at the top of your game, James Motherfucking Acaster, one of my favorite comedians. He's my favorite comedian. Who the fuck am I kidding? Um, do yourself a favor and go watch Repertoire. All four specials on Netflix. They're four one-man shows. Um, stand-up comedy. There's this, like, thing that I I don't even know the name for. It's, like, these... It's, like, fringe festival comedians that go over there and do one-hour shows. And it seems to be in this culture, just the more I listen to podcasts and interviews and stuff, where just people, like... It's, like, half one-man show and then, like, half stand-up comedy in terms of, like, the people that do the shows... And sometimes it's both, and sometimes it's kind of part of one and part of the other, but just there's this culture there of the creative performers that they have, like, their annual show. And they just fucking have an hour of material every fucking year that they do. And it's so sick. And I just, like, love that culture of... I feel like I hear it talked about for people that attend the Edinburgh Fringe, or I don't know if it's more popular in the UK or, like, abroad... Um, but these two Australian comics that I listen to, Tom Walker and Demi Lardner, BigSoftTitty.png is their podcast, greatest podcast of all time, better than my podcast, honestly, go listen to that podcast. <laughs> Just getting fucked up, podcast, my podcast is the greatest podcast of all time, but probably second best, BigSoftTitty.png, a shocking podcast to recommend, but it is so funny. They're both just like truly, truly hilarious, so dumb. Uh, in the greatest way in terms of like pee pee poo poo etc without being regressive like they're socially aware and they're not like um, they just they know what's up you know a lot of times with uh, dumb or edgy comedy you're gonna get some old school uh, bigoted ideas that are being uh, (laughs) you know those hills are being died on and people are doubling down and going no this is is funny to shit on trans people it's really funny (laughs) which leads me back to um, James Acaster another great example of that of like being like so silly so like crude He's not particularly crude all the time. He gets more crude in this new special, Cold Lasagna, Hate Myself 1999. That's the special I wanted to recommend. It's actually not out. I saw like a screening of it. So this is a pre-recommendation for when it inevitably lands on a streaming platform of some kind, for which, when which, I will definitely tell y'all because uh, it was truly one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And... um. 
yeah, it's like a two-hour special. And uh, motherfucker just owns. Like, he's clearly put so much work into it, and it's just brilliantly crafted, and no one else could do it except for him. And it's like all my favorite artists. Like, he's, like, being himself as fuck. And it's just, like, it's so awesome to see somebody that just, like, works so fucking hard, and they're just, like, at the top of their game. And, you know, like... Radiohead drops Kid A or like OK Computer and then they drop Kid A you know it's like oh shit they're just like so James A. Caster repertoire unreal amazing can't recommend it enough then he comes out with Cold Lasagna Hate Myself 1999 damn and also not, like not only is he in top form and is it like extremely well crafted but he also finds these moments of vulnerability in it that I think are so amazing and over the years, I've sort of become enamored with people that are quote unquote vulnerable, and and maybe and there are, it is a lot of genuine vulnerability, but some of it is like reckless or irresponsible, or um, and I just like without giving away what the special is about, he just like he shares a lot about his own experience, but in like a really really artful uh, way. That's like, but also finds these moments of vulnerability and like presence in the show and like. Seems to go off script a couple times. And who knows, maybe it's on act, but just some stuff that, like, really, really stuck with me. So to bo- to bo- have both, like, the incredible crafted, like, damn, this guy has put so much work into this. And then just, like, to also be in it and be vulnerable and finding that moment, like, as far as oh, creative inspiration goes, that motherfucker just knows, you know? He's so great. He's so cool. He's so funny. What else? It's my grandma's 100th birthday. Shout out to Dottie. It was like fucking March 10th I went to Boston. And it was like right when we were like, is this coronavirus thing really bad? (laughs) Is it? Should I cancel this trip? That was the month of should I cancel this trip. And I remember as it was getting there, it was getting perpetually worse and worse. And I was thinking, one... I probably shouldn't go. Two, I might not get this chance to like be with my whole family again for a while. And I mean, I came back, and then like LA went into lockdown and kind of got in right under the gun. And it was definitely a risk. And looking back, I'm like, huh, maybe I didn't need to take that risk, <laughs> you know. But also, I have all these like incredible memories with people that I may not see. A really, really long time. All together again, you know, uh, for various reasons. And I'm really happy that I have those memories, as stressful as that trip was for coronavirus reasons. Um, <laughs> I got a new psychiatrist this year. I don't know if I've talked about this on this podcast. <laughs> Speaking of the coronavirus, guess who thought it was all fucking bullshit scam and it was my psychiatrist, my psychiatrist, he was a coronavirus conspiracy theorist, he called it Kung Flu, he called it Kung Flu. 
in a session I was paying for. I did not bring it up. <laughs> he interrupted me talking about my thoughts and my feelings and my brain to <laughs> say Kung Flu and the freaking government is bullshit and lots of other Fox News talking points. This was my psychiatrist. <laughs> This was the guy doing my brain. Science, he was making very major decisions for my well-being all the time. He sucked. He sent, I sent him an email, said, thank you, but I have another psychiatrist now. Gonna take my mental health in a different direction. He emailed me back, say, what direction would that be? And I said, up my own ass. I wish I said that. I didn't say that. I didn't respond. Um, but the rest of that story is true. <laughs> and it was one of the craziest experiences of my life. I'll, maybe I'll tell more of the story later, but... Dude. It was a real harrowing experience where I was just like, is everything I know wrong? <laughs> Or is my psychiatrist out of his mind? <laughs> or just like deep in a rabbit hole of misinformation and conspiracy theory. And there's a, that, that weird brand of it that is like, no, this is the real science. And it's just like, motherfucker, that's not how science works. <laughs> so sorry, Dr. Mark McDonald. Yeah, I can say your name, because guess what? You fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, if anyone is going to him and I uh, didn't know that about him and wants to talk about it, hit me up, macandcarlo.gmail.com. Because, hey, that guy's unprofessional as hell. I don't feel bad about saying his name. He's also, <laughs> he's also extremely on the record. <laughs> He's done like many television appearances, like criticizing lockdown and stuff. Yikes, yikes, yikes. I got no surgery this year. Got a new one. No, I got deviated septum replaced. Right before a respiratory virus hit the hit the world. That's pretty lucky. I can breathe good. Especially with like masks and stuff. The fact that I had more air circulation. That's great. Let's see, I had sex once. <laughs> I wrote that on my list of stuff. I uh, don't know who else out there is uh, remembering what kissing was like. <laughs> yeah, here we go. 35 minutes into the record and we're fucking... Now we're fucking getting into the good shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's sticking around at this point, yeah, this is what's up. These people and this content. I think almost, oh, I started taking an improv class this year. I'm in my second one right now, UCB. And um, I think I just realized this year that I fucking love, oh, I hope that ding came through in the same key. Ooh. Um, let me turn my phone on silent. Um, I played Skyrim this year. I did my taxes for the first time. I played Rocket League. 
I'm gonna play Super Mario Odyssey. I'm playing Hollow Knight right now. That's pretty much all the stuff I wanted to talk about. So, I don't know. I mean, as a as a chronic, like I forgot what I was saying five seconds ago, and I'm not gonna go back and figure it out. Um, yeah, as someone who's chronically like expecting too much of themselves and and being like a perfectionist, and this can be a really challenging time of year for. Uh, violent self-improvement, you know? Self, self-abuse self and in the name of self-care and where we can make these, like... But also, intentions are beautiful, you know? And so it's always a dance. But as someone who has just been so brutal to themselves for most of their life, and is just now making some progress into not being that way. This time of year is one challenging because it's like the most tempting time to just like look back and see all the shit and just look at everything that's not there, all the love that isn't there, everything you didn't do, all the ways that you failed. And then just like be like, and then set yourself up for so much disappointment and failure. (laughs) So like, hey, 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 if you're listening to this, Let's not fucking do that this year, you know? (sighs) Trying is cool. Small changes are cool. I'm going to try to wake up a little earlier. That's my goal. Did I write down a shit ton of other goals? Yeah. Are they probably too ambitious? Yeah. But, hey. We're going to be kind this year. That's my number one thing. It's nice to myself. I'm still gonna be mean to you fools, that's right. You fucking suck. <laughs> nah, nah, hey, 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 hey. Here's the thing. If you wanna try to be growing, then we're always gonna look back and be like, wish I knew then what I know now. And that's ideal. So why not give ourselves some grace along the way, you know? And by grace, I do mean strictly in a Christian sense. I really think that we all need to convert to Christianity this year. Respect to the Christians out there. If you're cool, you know you're cool. If you're a homophobe, eat shit. Classic Mackin, not committing to atheism or (laughs) any religion, just sort of playing it safe, making sure I can still talk to and hang out with the Satanists and the Theists and have no one be mad at me and deny myself a perspective. (laughs) Well, I love you all. And I'm really glad this podcast is back. And I'm looking forward to making many podcasts in the new year, both with people that I know in my life people that have been on this show in the past and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting some new people because this this podcast has only ever added uh, cool things to my life. It's It's deepened my relationships. It's been a source of joy and connection and I love you so much and I really do want to hear from you if you're listening. 
um, because so much of this podcast, I and, and I, I do enjoy making it, and I, I get so much out of it. And uh, if you're listening, it does mean a lot. And I, I know some of you are listening um, because I can see the numbers on the internet. So I know it's I'm not just shouting into the void, even though it feels like that sometimes. And so just if you take an, any time to listen to my bullshit, it's super super means a lot to me because it, it helps me keep making the show. And uh, I hope it I hope it brings if any if if nothing else distraction, you know, which I think we've all learned this year has tremendous value. <laughs> But yeah, MacandCarol at gmail.com, M-A-C-K-I-N-C-A-R-R-O-L-L at gmail.com. Why did I have to think so hard to spell my name correctly? Or at NotMackin on uh, Instagram, at HappySadTalkThing, follow the show's page. I post uh, like extra shit there sometimes, stuff you're not going to see elsewhere. Uh, Also, are you subscribed to this podcast? If you're not, subscribe. Uh, write a review on your favorite podcasting app because because I need it because I need it so bad <laughs> I need it so so bad wow I've really created a, an editing challenge for myself <laughs> by <laughs> both yelling and whispering intensely quietly Alright, you fucking nerds, I gotta fucking go. Subscribe or don't, I don't give a fucking shit. Have a good year, don't fuck you. Yeah, that's right, everything I said, I take it back. (laughs) Happy Sad Talk thing forever! Happy Santa.